My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. And it is Judd's Hockey Show. Happy New Year to all of you watching. Uh, We're recording this uh, the day after the Wild was swept by the Winnipeg Jets in a weekend series. It's Judd. It's A.J. Fredrickson. Um, And let's get right to it, Age. I think we talked about, we did a post-game show after the Wednesday night game against the Red Wings last week, Mm -hmm. uh, in which the Wild won. And we said, hey, you know what? Huge two games. This team lost a lot of points early in the season. This was a chance to get some points back. We talked about, you know, a win, like a split. We talked about three points. In the end, the Wild gets swept in regulation in both. So the Jets, who are a very good team, it's very clear that they're good. Uh, They get four points. The Wild gets none. The Wild now, as we have only the Winter Classic today on Monday, New Year's Day, which is obviously in Seattle, and they're playing the Golden Knights. The Wild has 36 points. They're a point behind Seattle going into today. They're a point behind St. Louis. They're a point behind Edmonton. They are four points behind the second wild card in the Arizona Coyotes, and they're only one point ahead of Calgary, who's coming to town. All right. Knowing all that, what was your impression of the two games, the one on Saturday afternoon in Winnipeg in which Kirill Kaprizov got hurt, and then, of course, the one coming back on Sunday afternoon at the X. Well, how about a disaster of the of a weekend? Just, I mean, it. I don't know if it could have been worse, frankly. Like, you, your superstar player gets hurt, misses Sunday. Marc-Andre Fleury trying to celebrate his 1,000th career NHL game, loses at home. And on top of all that, you drop not one, not two, not three, but four points to a division rival when you're playing catch-up as far behind as you are. And we're coming up on the midpoint of the season here in the next week or two. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I, I'm not sure it could have been much worse of a weekend. Uh, it, 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 I would say it's frustrating because I think they showed even on Sunday they could play with that Jets team. It's just what what's the thing that crept up and you know hindered their their chances in that game? Penalties. It, as soon as you tie the game up, you head to the penalty kill, and I think it was like 11 seconds in, Jets score three two. You know that's all she wrote. Um, so it, I, I think I said on Wednesday, four points would have been, or not four points, uh, three points would have been like ecstatic for the weekend. Anything more than that is great. Two was kind of the minimum I needed, you know, and that's what I was kind of expecting. Saturday, they showed a little fight towards the end. They were kind of picking it up. Um, and then they came out Sunday in that first 20 minutes, Judd. They looked like they were going to do exactly what I had hoped, what I expected. And then I don't know what happened in between periods. Winnipeg got a little... Uh, you know, they got a little fire under their stomachs and just happened to take control of the game. And the wild really weren't able to really regain that. That being said, that first 20 minutes, and I think they talked about this, uh, about this on the Valley sports broadcast was the way that the wild wanted to play in that first 20 is not, it's hard to do that for a full 60 minutes, but the fact that you got that momentum and didn't hold on to it to then play whatever game you wanted to the remaining 40, it's frustrating because then you drop all four points on the weekend you walk away with nothing, and now you're still playing catch-up, even in a bigger hole than you once were. Yeah, I didn't like how they played Saturday. I didn't like that that game. I didn't think that they they played well. You know, John Hines, who's not going to come out and really criticize his team, essentially said that. I liked what they came back with on Sunday, but you're right. I, I mean, again, the PK, they give up two power play goals. The, the Jets um, win based upon that, essentially. And, you know, yes, it's frustrating, but I guess my thing is this too with this team, and this is the problem. This is the problem in today's league with getting behind the eight ball so much, right? In the first month plus, first two months, 
every game's a playoff game now. So like you can't look at a lost four points and say, well, it's a lost four points, but come on, it's oh, it's only January for it's only December third. You know, it, every game is a playoff game for this team now. And so, you know, at some point in time, the hill's going to get too much to climb. Like like you think about th- this team right now, if I'm not mistaken, AJ is seven and three in his past ten games. Like you think about the success with Hines, they're now eleven and five, I think. But when we talked after that, after the Wings game, they were eleven and three with John Hines, and they're still not that close to a playoff spot. Like they were getting closer, but now they've fallen back again. So, I guess the issue that I have is the margin for error is now so thin. Like you just don't have that, and a bad period, a bad game, is a huge problem because your start was so bad, and that's where. At the end of the day, I, I don't know if this is going to be a playoff team or not, but I do know this. If they are a playoff team, they're going to be absolutely positively gassed by the time the playoffs start because they dug themselves, and, and we've talked about this before, but such a monumental hole that a series like this, two two defeats to a central division rival is absolutely huge. Yeah, and the, the portion that you mentioned with like – Every part of every game, the rest of the season now is essentially a playoff game. You got to have it like it's so imperative to have that good start to the season so you don't wind up in this hole. The yes. Dallas start, or now the Winnipeg Jets, like they're feeling a little comfy because when you look at it here, let's let's say you're going to look for that locked in three spot in the Western or excuse me, in the Central Division. Dallas and Winnipeg currently are tied there at 48 points. Colorado's right there at 49, but the Wilds sit with 36. So you're telling me that over the next 40 and some change games, you you need the Minnesota Wild to pretty much win six more games than the Dallas Stars, the Winnipeg Jets, and the Colorado Avalanche, along with having the teams that are kind of right on the bubble there in the wild card, National Predators. Coyotes, I think, maybe will fall off a cliff at some point, but Edmonton's only going to get better, I feel like, as the season progresses. You're going to have to have so many things go in your favor that, not every team can lose every single night. You know, right. p- teams are going to win and they're going to pick up points here and there, even in overtime. So the difference that they need to make up, it's, I don't know if it's insurmountable yet because it's still over half the season to go. But like you said, there that that turning point for, hey, you're, you are up against it is right around the corner. So the next, I don't know, cu- couple of weeks, like you almost need to go unbeaten. It just well, And a, they sort of did. That, yeah, right, and that's but, the thing. That's and they the thing. And they didn't really like chip away at that at that gap, so to speak. So it's 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 just frustrating because they had that success, and now you drop two and eleven and three sounds a hell of a lot better than eleven and five under John yes. Hines. So yeah, it, it's they're going to have to really turn it on and have a lot of luck go their way if they really want to get into a playoff picture here before the season ends. And part of the problem too now injuries again so they started to get guys back right like Hart- mm-hmm. hartman who you know who's played great because and i love how he's being used this is how he should be used don't make him center the top line that's mm-hmm. not really him but now he's on the line what he scored goals in like five consecutive games he's been absolutely fantastic right. yep but that all of that being said brodine still out which is by the way killing you yeah john merrill on saturday was so unplayable that he got benched for sunday but people because john merrill's been so bad people aren't t- talking about Goligoski's unplayable. Like yesterday, again, turning mm-hmm. the puck over consistently. And I understand he was at one time a good player and he still, you know, I don't think in players' minds they realize that they've declined so much 
So Goligoski's making plays that five to eight years ago, or I don't know, three years ago, perhaps he could still make, but he can't make them now. And so like, like yesterday, that was a problem. Um, but Brodeen out, Zuccarello still out. And now on Saturday, Gustafson leaves the game after two periods. Um, and we don't know when he's going to be back. John Hines said no update on him until Tuesday. And even then, I don't expect much. Yeah. And the real problem, of, obviously, was the Brandon Dillon cross-check on Kirill Kaprizov on Saturday, um, which was unnecessary. I understand Dillon was mad because Kaprizov threw a reverse hit, on, which which is nice. He's strong as hell. Yeah. And Kirill can knock you off your... But that second cross-check, you could see the pain there. And we don't know how long he's out. And... Uh, when you need every point possible and Kirill Kaprizov had finally gotten hot, like he was not himself until the last, what, two weeks, AJ. And then he got yeah. hot. Mm-hmm. Um, I hated that cross check. I, it didn't turn into a penalty, but he, even if it is, it doesn't make up for his loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, I don't know how you're going to overcome the absence of Kirill Kaprizov if he is, and we have no idea, but if he's out for any amount of time, because I don't think that that type of slack just gets picked up. Can the league do something about cracking down on this nonsense? What I thought they did, maybe it was they last did. year, and then two years ago, two years. Thank you. Yeah, but in that's front of the, the net, you couldn't cross check, guys. Oh, I see. In front of but, the but net, it, so in, in the corner, it it's over. fine. To, oh yeah. yeah. Well, and, and he cross checked him <laughs> twice. The first one was the first one didn't phase Kirill, so he took his stick and I think he stuck it in his kidneys. Yeah, that's like, the it, thing. it was on the kidney. Mm-hmm. Um. But I mean, I yeah, I'm I'm with you. I hate that hit, and I don't know. So here's what I don't get about the code, okay? Yeah, Middleton fights Dylan, and I appreciate that. Jake, you know, took that yeah, upon himself. Sure. And then we start the game on Sunday with Patty Maroon engaging Adam Lowry, a couple of St. Louis kids. Yeah, and that was the payback. Like, I'm sorry, but if it's me. There's a skill position player on the Jets who's going to feel some wrath here. Yeah. Ex- like yeah. what? I, I, a fight between two big guys? That's not the answer. That's no. not the answer. Your your whole thing. If, if you hurt Kirill, I'm going after what one of your skilled guys. I'm sorry. I know that sounds barbaric, but this is ridiculous. Yeah. I I wish and, that it and, w- and they won't do it now, by the way. No. It, oh, now, now that it's passed. Absolutely. No, not. but it, it's not going to happen anyway. This league now, mm-hmm. like you, do, there, there's no retribution. No, not enough. No, and and that, that's the thing. Like, and Frank, with it too. Winnipeg didn't have their main guy Kyle Connor in on Sunday. Maybe not even Saturday. If my because he got a cheap shot like th- two weeks ago. Yeah, total cheap shot. Um, but I I don't want to say that you have to. Like, I hate that. I hate saying that. I feel like they need to even it up by you. You know, an eye for an eye. Krill is just such an impactful player that, frankly, yeah. if you are a, I think he's like a 30 something year old defenseman and you, you're six foot four, Brendan yep. Dillon, you yep. have 23 pounds on Kirill Kaprizov listed on NHL.com. So you may, maybe more, maybe less, but if you get reverse hit, that's on you. You have to be a man and swallow that. You know what? Be ready. Be ready for that. It's a physical right. game. You're not going to let some five foot 10 Russian push you around. I get it. But to throw a temper tantrum and t- go into the corner, and just deliberately take the shaft of your $300 stick and jam it twice into his kidneys. Are you kidding me? Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. So yeah, it's, I, it, it sucks that there's really no way to like, there's no even exchange right there. You're not going to go out and, you know, Dave and uh, David prawn somebody across the face. Cause you know, then the wild get punished more so for that in the long run. But 
I, I don't know. I hate saying that they need to even it up, but it's it's feels unfair that now twice in in the past calendar year against the Jets, yeah. Carell has gotten injured. I'm getting really sick of it, and we just got him back for like you said, two weeks, who knows how long until that ramps up again now. Cause we don't really know the extent with the lack of information, but it's, it's really frustrating because it's just, he is to steal a, a line from Phil. He is the drink that, or the, the straw that stirs the drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that actually is a line from Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson. 70s. Okay. He's All the right. one that said, I'm the straw it, it, in a, in a big sport ma- magazine expose pissed off the entire clubhouse reggie once said i am the straw that stirs the drink and he wasn't wrong about that yeah i just i'm very frustrated by this he's their best you know i mean he was he's their best player he was really picking Mm -hmm. things up and you know and and look if he's out if he's back on tuesday okay um but if he's not now the gustafson injury is also of concern oh because because this is huge because First of all, Jesper Wallstead is out right now, so he's n- not playing. I still don't think they would call him up. So I don't think that if he was, uh, they they do not want him to play in the National Hockey League, in my opinion, until next season. Mm-hmm. Um, that that can be debated if that's right or wrong, but it it seems to be the organizational philosophy. Uh, McIntyre has come up now to back up Flurry, and and we could talk about it. You know, the Flowers one thousandth game was awesome. It's just so cool to watch. But all of that being said. Marc-Andre Fleury right now, at I believe the tender age of 39, is is a backup. Um, Gustafson being out would create some huge problems. Because if you have to ask Fleury to play consistently, and, you know, keep in mind, they play Tuesday, they play Thursday, they play Saturday, I think. So we got a lot of games. and Or you have to go to a minor league backup. Uh, I don't want to say it's as big as Kirill being out but it might be as big as Kirill being out because I don't know how much of a workload Flurry can take at that age um, or it's going to get to a point where you're simply asking way too much of him. Yeah, in, in, unless it's something like he's going to miss maybe a portion of this week just because he's sore, he tweaks something, and they just, you know, he's on the mend for a few days. If he misses anywhere near significant time, this team this team is in trouble. This club is in trouble. I you're You're essentially asking a grandfather in the, in sports terms to bear the load of what needs to be done by a 26 year old, 27, 28 year old. He just, we've seen him flash like his best still this season, which is amazing. It's so fun to watch thousandth career game. I mean, it's fun to be in a sense, part of that history as a fan rooting for the wild, but you can't expect him to bear this massive load in the upcoming weeks, just because unfortunately the truth is you're not getting his best every single night. There are still the slip ups. And we saw that even this weekend, um, he does make the occasional flashy save and you're like, wow, that is, you know, prime flurry right there. But at the same time, you turn your head and five minutes later, okay, that one trickled in no clue how that didn't get, uh, didn't get stopped. So is he still going to win them games here and there? Yes, absolutely. Cause he's Mark Andre flurry, but at the same time, he's going to put them in a spot other nights just because he's not what he he's he's just older like that's that's what it is he's just he's just lost his step and that's and there's no blame in that you know that's just what happens that's the natural law of physics and sports you get older your play declines it's supposed to at least some guys seem to get better with age but um to have now your AHL guy and zane mcintyre come up how I'm, i'm i'd be interested to see if it is significant time how does john's john hines like tackle that because 
it's pretty obvious you can't rely on Flurry to do the starter role all the time. But does he go with a matchup where it's a tougher game? We're already missing Kirill, hypothetically. We're already missing Flurry. So do we want to start McIntyre in a sense of we're going to wave the white flag so that the next two days later is an easier matchup? We're going to, we need to pray and hope that that's where we get our two points. Or do we still go head to head and give our best goalie against, um, you know, a, a Swayman or a, I, yeah, you know what I mean? Like a hell of a, well, you, you got to Tuesday is, is the flames, right? So and yes. Markstrom's back now. So like, I'm Ooh. guessing flurry starts that, that game. And I don't think John Hines, uh, much like the Vikings, I don't think the goal here is to, well, until the Vikings play the Packers on Sunday night, I don't think the goal is to wave the white flag. And so I think, but it is a big question because you cannot all, you can't ride flower. Like if you no. do, I think it's going to be a disaster and it's not fair to him. I will defend him. Um, as far as the well, 1000th game goes. So he joins a company that includes what three goaltenders besides him, Brodeur, who was obviously unbelievable. Patrick Waugh and Luongo and to play. And th this was discussed um, fairly extensively post game on Sunday age in the locker room. But, you know, for a, for a skater to play 1000 games is impressive. Like you get the golden stick. It's impressive mm -hmm. for a goaltender to do it is damn near unfathomable. Yeah. Like to think, and, and, you know, to do it now at flurry's age, when he's had to, when he's bounced around a bit as well. And I, it's so interesting to hear his teammates talk about him because the only thing I can, I've covered that I can sort of compare it to was when the Vikings, and it didn't work out well in, in that case, but when the Vikings obtained Moss in 2010, brought him back. And I remember Percy Harvin was like almost in awe. Like it was like watching a kid watch his hero. Cause he's like, I'm in the same locker room as this guy that changed the game. Right. Yeah. Well, I get the same feeling from the skaters. So not the goaltenders necessarily, but I get the same feeling from the skaters, Goudreau, Felino, guys like that with Flurry, where they almost look across the, the room and they are just in awe of this guy who has won cups, who's been around forever, um, who is seen as an ambassador to the, the game. And I thought it was cool. I think it was during the first stoppage on Sunday um when they scraped the ice you know they put a tribute up to flurry he got a huge ovation uh i just keep going i always revert back to this wild fans appreciate this because it's going to be gone soon and to watch a guy who has made such a difference in the game who's beloved and also has been so spectacular it is really an it is really cool and playing 1000 games and seeing that was a really neat experience and to do it as a goalie, like you said, like if you're a forward, if you're, you start your career decent and you, maybe you're a top six guy, but then you, you know, you just find that role and you're consistent and you're just a role player and whatnot. You can, you know, you can rack up a lot of games and you're granted getting to a thousand as like a role player would be tough. Still, you have to be good at one point or another, but you're getting every single game. Essentially, if you stay healthy as a goalie, you know, you're getting, let's say 60, sometimes at the most ish, you know, in today's game. So, and, and that's like, if you really are the, the kind of the, the bulwark of, of a goaltender. So you not only have to be a starter who's good, but you have to be consistently. And he's been doing this since what, 2004, I want to say. Yeah, he was, um, he went before cross. He went in the draft before Crosby. Is that right? Yeah. I want, I, I want to say, Oh, I'll find it. I'll find I, it. I might be wrong, but 
um, to yeah to do this now for over twenty years, it, it's incredible because when you think about it, this is really in last season it was kind of a one A one B situation where they were rotating and maybe towards the latter portion of the season he regressed into that that backup role. But this is mainly the first season up until a possible injury for Philip Gustafson where Mark Andre Fleury has been a backup, <laughs> like to be a starter in this league, be good. It's, I mean, it's, it's incredible. Like it's, he's got that, that, and we know he's going to be a hall of famer and he should be the first ballot without a doubt, but that, that legendary aura, like, like you said, you just see him and you get feel like it's, it's just that hockey greatness. It's so weird Mm -hmm. because I, you know, really the, the wild have never had a guy like that come through even, you know, late stages. Like I just, I remember, I remember as a kid, I was in shock when Owen Nolan came here for like a season or two. Right. You know, but yeah, Marc-Andre Fleury is still to, to get to a thousand games. Like that is an incredible co- accomplishment that shouldn't be overlooked. And like it, I haven't really, it hasn't sunken in fully for me yet that he is officially a member. We're watching this on a nightly basis. I'm, I think I'm still taking it for granted, but eventually I need to, tell myself hey like you really need to appreciate this and the remarkable thing about the guy too is he's so humble he's so understate like like yeah i mean he lost that game yesterday and he you could tell he's pissed off he's a big time competitor like you you don't achieve the success that flower has without being a big competitor but he's also gracious to everybody you know he's also um he's he's got part of what makes him endearing is he's got this honest oh shucks um approach to things like you know like he could be an egomaniac right he could be a really weird guy goaltenders sometimes are not as much as they used to be but this guy is everything is just like appreciative and i love being here and i love my teammates and his teammates love him and yeah 1000 games for a goaltender is is just off the charts um Okay, I, I want to get to the upcoming schedule next yeah. because it's not simple. It's not impossible, but it's not simple. But before I do that, I want to talk about my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. All right, January 1st is here. We're recording this podcast on January 1st. And guess what? January 1st is where a lot of folks say it's time to lose the weight. It's time to uh, create a new me, get into all those clothes that don't fit. Livia is going to help you do exactly that. And here's the best part too. Their dietitians and nutritionists are going to help you keep the weight off. That's the most important thing. Join now. And if I got an offer for you, three months, your first three months are free. That's right. Free. That's an incredible offer. That means you can lose a lot of weight. And those first three months are going to be your trial run to find out what a difference this program can make. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A-LIVIA.COM. Livia, L-I-V-E-A.COM. Okay, upcoming schedule, AJ Fredrickson. Tuesday night, Calgary, which is right behind you. Markstrom is back. Thursday night, you're still home. You've got Tampa Bay at that point. And then after that, you you go to Columbus on Saturday, which should be a win, but I hate to say that because as, as soon as I do, I, I'll be wrong. And then you come back in, uh, on January 8th and January 10th, home and home, uh, against the Dallas Stars. So again, um, and, and here's the thing a win over Columbus and Tampa Bay, obviously you want those points. But Western Conference opponents, and in Calgary's case, you are competing with them directly for a potential wild card spot. Both of them, both teams out of the uh out of those top two spots 
for the wild card right now. But Calgary and then two games against Dallas, absolutely huge. Absolutely huge. Yeah, the the Calgary one, th- that's a team that's getting yeah, – like I'm hoping there's a little rust there from Markstrom so the Wild can maybe squeak a couple in that, you know, they, they get lucky with the hockey gods and are able to yeah, get a lead early and then just kind of put it away because that's a game where after this weekend you need to bounce back and that needs to start with a win over Markstrom, over the Flames who – I, I think have some like solid players, but they're not like you, you even without Kirill, even with Marc-Andre Fleury starting after this weekend, you should be able to get a win there. Um, just, it, it comes down to the discipline Tampa. I mean, they're still Tampa Bay. Like they're, they're not the powerhouse that they were a couple of years ago, but they still have a, a great cast of players there. Um, so like that will be tough. Is- the East is tough too. That'll like be you're, tough. You're exactly right. Yes, no question about it. I mean, the thing that you have to just keep in mind is you you need to build whatever momentum against Columbus so that when you have that home and home, it's it's the same thing that we saw this weekend. Must win. You like and now based on the result we had, you cannot drop points. You have to at least well, get three. That's a great. But that, see, that's a great point about Tuesday's game now too. And I know, I know, there's a lot of. Mm-hmm. season left but you need a regulation win on tuesday mm-hmm. you don't need to give up like if you win it in a in the three on three overtime or a shootout you need a regulation win. you do not want to be giving calgary a point on no. your home ice at this point in time like at some point in time this has to either this this has to transition to you just start to get points and not give up points and and i know it sounds rough but the reality is to go back to the top of the show, you put yourself in a position where there is a lot of catching up to do and even a slight hiccup now really hurts you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, just being in division, I'd, I'd say the home and home with Dallas is arguably a little more important, but it's it's a better team. So it, it's going to be tough to say, hey, you can't drop any points there. You have to just get two regulation wins, especially with one being down in Dallas. So you know how raucous that bar can be, especially for, frankly, after last year's playoff bout, how they're, they're going to have a little bit of a grudge against the Wild, and I feel like that club is going to bring it to a, you know, to a different level. So Calgary, it, it, it all comes down to regulation wins, and you need a regulation win against the Flames. If you, if you drop one against uh, Tampa Bay, I can live with that, but then you're going to have to rattle off those next three. Columbus, if you lose to Columbus in any fashion, we need to have a serious conversation. Like, and, and of course, well, like you said, that'll be the night that Johnny Goudreau puts up a four point uh, performance. And you know, yeah. they, yeah. Uh, Igor Chinikov is going to find the back of the net twice. Cause why and, wouldn't and he? that cannon, we hear that cannon like five times and it's a pain <laughs> in the ass. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. that is the most alarming thing possibly in sports. The Viking, <laughs> the Vikings <laughs> shoot off what some cannons or something yeah. when they score touchdowns. But, yeah, the Blue Jackets. Uh, if it, on TV it comes through, so I can only imagine what it's like in, in that building. But you're right, and yeah, it starts on Tuesday against Calgary. And you after after you lost four points to, to the Jets, I think you need to get two points, and I think you need to get two points in three periods of play. So mm-hmm. yes, yeah, yeah. I, if you're gonna lose, just have it. Don't have it be because of penalties. Maybe make yeah. them like. Just make them be a better team because that that's, to me, the frustrating part about some of these past handful of losses under John Hines is 
it's just penalties that keep putting them behind the well, eight ball. That's a season long theme too. I mean, that and, was it the has case. been yeah. and your penalty kill at that time was awful. Um, and yeah, and they, they gave up what a, uh, um, I'm looking here. The jets were, were one of five on the power plant Sunday, but I mean, to your point, I think it was 12 seconds into Middleton's penalty. So yeah. All right, sir. Great stuff. Uh, appreciate all, all of you who, uh, joined us again. Mm-hmm. Happy New Year. We will be back soon. Plenty more Judd's Hockey Show, good or bad, to come. And subscribe to all the good stuff that Score North puts out there. Purple Daily, Flagrant Howells, Judd's Hockey Show. I could go on and on, but I'm going to run, and so is AHC. See you later.